Welcome to the Studio Interviews. I am your host, Diana Brown. My guest co-host with us today is Christopher DeYoung. Hola. And as always, Dan Wilson. Hola. Engineering this very show. Today's guest on our show has a vision and a mission, and a parts of it is a railroad. Welcome, Matthew Quinn. <laughs> wow, nice. I like that. It is delightful like to that. have you here. It's delightful to be here with all three of you. <laughs> I think he feels like he's sitting in front of a jury panel. It's now, if you should win Miss California. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll promote peace and well-being among all. That is a beautiful thing. Thank you. Thank you, Miss California. Actually, Matthew Quinn is a artistic director and producer of Combined Art Form Entertainment, along with his partner, Steve Kahn. And uh, you guys also operate these off-market theaters here cool. in San Francisco. But I understand you're expanding that market. You're we, heading south. We're heading south. We're taking over the asylum. <laughs> now explain yeah. that for those who think we're just talking about a ward. About crazy. And it's, asylum is a haven, by the way. That's right. It's the insane asylum, and uh, that's just a little side note. We are we're we're moving south. In fact, the papers were just signed. And just a little background: um, we have been looking to do uh, another theater. We run two theaters here. We're looking to build a uh, third theater, a two hundred seat theater. And unfortunately, it got very expensive for us, and for uh, we need a sprinkler system and seismic retrofit. And so we started looking around. We kind of expanded the the. the scope of it and uh, on a trip down to Los Angeles uh, on a rumor from uh, an old cafe member down there uh, I walked into what's a wonderful complex called the Elfin Stage Works it's right on the corner of Santa Monica Boulevard and Vine it's four theaters a hundred seat theater 70 seat 80 seat 40 seat and then a small lab Okay. And there's a David Fofi and Don Cesario are the artistic directors, producing artistic directors. Been there about nine years and just have a wonderful operation. Wonderful shows, a great community with workshops. And um, unfortunately, in a building that was, is, was for sale and to, uh, could pass on to an owner who wouldn't necessarily want theater there. So uh, there was a extra theater space down there, a 70 seat that was being unused. Sweet. And so I called Steve, and um, who saw this as the main finance backing of CAFE, saw this as a tremendous opportunity um, for all of us to, one, save this wonderful theater company that's down there that was at risk of being bought by a parking lot. Or condo. Uh, or condo. Yeah, it was really, yeah. Um, LA needs condos, man. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and parking lots. Yeah. So Win. it was helping them. It gave us a space in a market that I see, and as you guys attest to too, a changing of entertainment market from – you know, traditional entertainment and TV and film to the digital media and online that's kind of represented in San Francisco, and that we could bring product from San Francisco down there. Um, and so that's basically what we're talking about when we mention your railroad, is that you want to see... This is the railroad, and you know, we're it's, it's already just kind of happening, just going down there and just really kind of signing these papers and getting things moving on. Um, we have a show. and yeah, The ink was hardly dry, and you're bringing a show up. And we're bringing up. a show up. We've got this wonderful show, longest-running play in San Francisco, uh, in Los Angeles. Soon to be in San Francisco. Soon to be running in San Francisco. It's running about eight months. Uh, it's been in Chicago in the south. It's called Eavesdropper. And I tell you, it's, uh, it's really kind of buzzing up here because it's run so long, and the, the format of the show is rather unique. 
speak. It allows for a repertoire of actors to come in. And uh, every night is a different cast of actors, which allows some freedom. And in LA, where it's very hard to keep actors in a play for a long time, because they tend to do TVs and film, sure. it allows them to keep the show going. It will also allow us to run the show in San Francisco with actors from LA and from San Francisco, with the eventual plan from the actors from SF to eventually go down to LA nice. as well. The show is continuing down there um, at the complex, also on Santa Monica Boulevard. And uh, we're opening the SF branch, as it were, uh, June 1st. June 1st. So it's right around the corner. June 1st. Yes, already. just set your watches. Wow. And uh, yeah. Um, and they'll be running both cities. And then we're about to announce, and this is hot off the presses too, we're uh, talking to uh, Sperm Warfare, which right is a production that had been in uh, San Francisco and developed up here, has now been enjoying a long success in Los Angeles, and we'll bring it into the asylum, as it were, uh, for a continued run there. So we're already seeing this kind of railroad, both with actors going back and forth, and with shows being developed and worked here in San Francisco with its wonderful creative energies, and the chance for this digital media to also find an outlook. You know, on Los Angeles, San Monica Boulevard, we're now going to offer a digital media hookup for anybody who wants to come down and see, listen to what's going on over at <laughs> Cassandra's Call on Radio Star. Listen we might to have to come down on. and do some interviews of your fine actors down we there. We may have to get you guys down there. We may just want to take you up on that. <laughs> now, my understanding is that this will... Is there fog? We like fog. <laughs> I'm not sure we can come if there's no fog. There are several production fog machine companies on Santa Monica, which, okay. by the way, is also Digital Gulch. So it's also tied into the whole Oh, that's great, because you're coming media. from San Francisco, the Bay Area, truly the uh, frontier of the digital media revolution. And... Uh, and you're finding the same thing there. Now, combined art form has always been about bringing together, obviously with the name, multiple forms of art. And um, you're the founder of that. Give us a little bit of that background of why combined art form is as it is. Um, uh, wow. Well, it's really, it's it was from a word that uh, I had learned back in, in school and developed uh, that was uh, Gustavenwerk from Wagner's term of combined art, bringing all the different arts together. And it was really applied to opera mm -hmm. and ballet and music and the costumes used, uh, and kind of extending that to really bringing together the, uh, the various technical elements of theater from speaking to lights and music and traditional, as well as some of the non-traditional like the video projection. Uh, and with groups such as our Tilted Frame Improv, utilizing improv and our uh, multimedia and internet and live video project. Production to create uh, original pieces of art um, and even to full narrative structure pieces. That's exciting. So yeah, and it it really also it, it's fun for people involved in all the different mediums, and I think also with what we're seeing with what's happening with entertainment, kind of the direction it's going to both attract the younger market kind of allow for a broader market, a more international, and utilizing the internet and this digital media to get the message out, to get your art out, or to use it to find different ways of artistic expression. This is a great um, place to jump into a question we've been asking folks on the last few shows about the future of theater. And we asked um, Michael Rice, and we asked Noah Kelly, and we'll ask you as well, if we may, do you feel that live theater as we know it needs to change in order to survive? Do you think there's a future for traditional theater? 
Yeah, that's a hot topic now. Uh, great question, of course. Uh, wow. Um, you know, I like to think yes and in the grand improv thing. And I, I hear a lot of people say um, it will always be around the Shakespeare, the traditional stuff, which even I sometimes, you know, it's, it's a lot of that same stuff a lot out there. That will always exist. And I think you want that as the heart and base of it. Um, does it need to change? Is it changing? Yes, it's evolving. It's, it's, you, I don't think you can even stop it. It just, it needs to survive you. The audiences, the marketing, who you're talking to, how they're listening is changing. And so it needs to adapt. The people who are creating the art are different and changing and they're used to these expressions. You know, we're kind of, not to age us in the room, but we're from an older generation with this, and we're kind mm-hmm. of new, sticking it into things. I think the younger generations, they come up with all that. It uh, will just be a more... It's going to be integrated into their lives. Right. To a point that we can't even imagine, that we're just kind of... You know, what's great about all this is we're the ones kind of playing with it and doing it right now. Um, and we are providing that transition, I think, from the old school into the new school, and, and as best we can. It seems that you are. I mean, I know that um, some of us here have had the pleasure of working with you. Actually, we've all had the pleasure of working with we've you on various yes, projects. We've all worked together. Uh, but, but Christopher and I both worked with you on Tilted Frame, and that was a really eye-opening experience for me to see. And I have a little bit of a background in multimedia, but to see that you can bring these things that we're grappling with in our daily lives and bring them on stage and just to watch the audience's response when Craigslist comes up or (laughs) that recognition of that we're all trying to find the humanity within this technology and Mm -hmm. use it to tell our stories. Mm -hmm. So do you um, do you see Cafe going the way of of, of small digital film? I mean, we're going to we're going to be seeing offerings by combined digital film, more small digital (laughs) film. I know we've done that content, right? But are we going to be seeing you on uh, on cell phones and that and the like? Yeah, you know, I I, I've got some connections with some of that cell phone stuff and I I, I'm really fascinated with it. and there's no doubt uh, my I'm eyeballing and have a little finger on, especially down, being down in L.A. with this whole digital media, fi- especially with film. Um, we're talking to production companies down there. You know, we've got Sony and Google, our neighbors on the block. Um, and I think that there's going to be a natural element. Now, you mentioned Tilted Frame, which, by the way, we're... We're bringing down to LA. Yeah, and, and let's hear the, the news yeah, on that. Jonathan Kaplan, one of the original founding members with you guys, and I'll note too that Dan was in several of the rehearsals that, during the process of Tilted Frame. Um, but uh, Jonathan will be uh, directing it, and we're going to be auditioning w- for people down there, uh, and bringing back some of the classic old school uh, Tilted Frame. Uh, games and then also and Tilted Frame was doing this too back when the short digital films and offering like the animation in the beginning of the show like old school movies and then short films after and again highlighting the San Francisco edge like come the thought is if people in LA and all the TV people who are out on the weekends stop on by and hey this is a way to go to San Francisco see the talent hear all this cool new stuff that's going on without leaving Los Angeles. Only in San Francisco, now in LA. Now in LA, absolutely. I like it. And uh, and I really do. I think there's a view down there that there's and there is a lot of artistic artistic integrity up here and a lot of exploration Sweet. and craft up here. And I think that's something that they you know they send agents up here all the time. You you see that I'm sure on the various lists out there. So I I, I think it's going to be good for everyone. So where where I have a follow up to that actually. 
I mean, even before it was digital media, back when you and I were kids, Matthew, it was electrical media. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? and, it and was I'm, e guy, right. You know, before, I mean, back when television was all analog electronics yeah. and stuff back when we were little. So when did you get interested in doing what is now digital media, doing, you know, video and, and you know, film slash TV stuff and pulling that into theater? I mean, like you said, that's not really... You know, even the traditional idea of combining art forms, that's something sort of new to throw in there. And, you know, when we were doing this with improv, at least in San Francisco, mm -hmm. nobody else was. Mm -hmm. So what gave you the idea to pull in all the digital media stuff Excellent. onto a live performance stage? You know, that is a great question. I, um, I, I probably because way back when I was always, I was a computer geek and nerd and uh, very much locked into that. I was also, I mean, my roots into theater actually th were through, um, this is a side, through choir and, and church and, and uh, the speaking like lay people and stuff like that. That all was kind of a base. And so I did kind of see it in the multi, it wasn't just a, a play is a certain way. Um, it was through the ritual of it and the kind of grander scope. And then that the tech side, I really, I loved it so much. And I really did see the creative side of it. And I saw the kind of a possibilities of it. And I think having that kind of split tech head and kind of math head, which helps with the producing and business too, um, combining with kind of like the more impassioned spiritual side and kind of theatrical side allowed me to kind of bring it together. And there's also no doubt, and you'll love this, improvisation really lets and I was brought up with improv since way back in high school. I was living in Chicago. It was there. It really was a language to me that allowed these things to kind of talk to each other. When we were doing Tilted Frame, we were looking at games that had similar language in film and in improv. And they did lend themselves. The language really did inform the uh the action and, and what needed to be done with it. And I think we found in that process it just really kind of spoke to other. it. Mm -hmm. So it was just listening to that and being open to the fact that these things could kind of talk to each other. So, uh, and then having wonderful, talented, amazing people all around uh, who are also open. I mean, that what's been great has been exploring so people kind of opening to that vision too people really see uh and some of them right here in this room too <laughs> again oddly enough all these people in the room um and so that's talking again we're communicating with each other and and things have really been developing here now it's kind of you know when we first got here with cafe I was really surprised when we were getting reviews like cutting edge technology and the only group doing this and it was really for a city that was so technical, there wasn't a lot of it going on here. And even now, and a lot of it is expensive for a lot of the equipment. I mean, Diana, you, I mean, you were working with George Coates, and he was probably, I mean, he was the grandfather, but he was the only one. He was the he, big guy he here. He was the only one that I was aware of at that time. There was a lot of performance art using multimedia and mm -hmm. projecting film yes. and things like that. But to, to create a narrative structure using that, that much multimedia and a lot of the... Uh, technology firms on the peninsula were sending us software and new applications so mm -hmm. and um he was also taking some of those things and creating trade shows for like for make systems and for sun we did several things for sun so you're right he was one of the few people um at that time embracing that for a narrative story structure yeah and also in context as i seem to recall i think the first cafe shows with video were in 2000 I was going to, you know, at it, 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 98, we did, it, the first cafe show, Antiquity, 
I threw it all. It was like all like I'm gonna throw everything up because I don't know okay. what's gonna happen afterwards. And we had a live swing dancers. We had wow. video that kind of introduced the story, similar like Dead Certain has. Yes. Um, and so we and then we had improv. We had an improv troupe, and then we were doing stories in the narrative structure. So I was like, well, let's do it all. This first one. There was some strange, twisted story theme that tried to hold it all together, <laughs> but it was just an attempt to throw it up there and see what kind of worked and didn't. And sure. then, uh, what did you come out of that first experience? Going, this worked. This what yeah, was this the worked. Main? And then we've got to change this, and it eventually grew. And I was doing other stories, and we brought in other directors, and it grew. I mean, we had shows where we had like thirty people on the production team alone. Because really, to do the combined art, we had to bring in several video directors. That was and like coats. movement. It was directors. like NASA up in the booth. They had so they many had the whole, which was I mean, it was great. Yeah, it was, and uh, it took a lot of energy, time, and resources. That we, it's very tough now. It's hard. And so, again, this is why I think you don't see a lot of companies doing it's it. It's a very expensive way to work, especially when you're developing your story. Yeah. And, and everyone is present. Yeah. It's like, here we go. And uh, It's like bringing all the opera in to just <laughs> yeah. work a scene. Let's just try this out with these, uh, <laughs> this entire ensemble of hundreds. Uh, now, you mentioned growing up in Chicago. You, um, Your high school actually was the inspiration for some of the movies we all grew up oh, loving. Oh, yes, this is true. Can you share a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, and there's more stuff. There's stuff every day. It's kind of, I did go to kind of a cool high school. It was New Trier, and it was the inspiration for the John Hughes film, Breakfast Club, and Pretty in Pink and all that. It was a suburban high school and in kind of an affluent area. And it was, we did have tremendous theater and resources in general. Uh, 4,000 students. Amazing. And uh, yeah, it's it really. I'm blessed. I had improv from uh, Northwestern University teachers at who worked with Paul Sills, the founder, one of the founders of improv, and had very early age exposure um, in facilities that I mean marveled a lot of colleges. Just I was very blessed that way. Uh, and it's, I guess now too, it's kind of interesting because things all that it's uh, there's a lot of people there who've gone into the, the business mm -hmm. and I'm seeing now this coming around now that we're growing and expanding to LA I see those actually new Trier contacts coming back so I'll spare everybody the LA name dropping but there but that's is so a, cool. but you can check Wikipedia I think has quite a few <laughs> of the links and I'm going to add my name soon too actually one of the guys who, this is one of the guys this is such a random story but one of the guys who I went <laughs> we to love summer we our families just ended up vacation together up in Wisconsin, where everybody in Chicago would vacation was in northern Wisconsin. So this guy was a young kid who <laughs> was ten years old. He's now one of People Magazine's top fifty most beautiful people, and he's like a punk rocker from. You guys probably know he's like in. Uh, he's on iTunes. He's one of the number one punk bands. What, what's iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he just he's just kind of emerged. There's been a few. It, it, it's a nice kind of well uh, with a large school. So anyway, that's. Is there, is there a Wikipedia page for Combined Art Form Entertainment? We're just, I think we're doing it now. Woo! Yeah, yeah. And we're going to do the whole thing. We're going to do the Frontera and Wik Cafe nice. and uh, Matthew you have a, Does Cafe have a MySpace page? Yes, we do. Uh, I, that was an intern project. Yeah, MySpace and uh, not Friendster. No, Friendster too. I think, you know, we did them all. Excellent. Any new ones? You guys You guys are always on the, uh, no. on the interwebs. On the interwebs. <laughs> on the interwebs. <laughs> Well, have you checked out NOSO, the uh, the non-social networking no, no, site? That's really funny. That's, that's really great. wild. It's apparently uh, you get a little a little uh, thing like Flickr, to, and it tells you, you know, on your uh, 
digital device. It says, go to this location, but you don't interact. So you go to this location. You know there are other no-sewers <laughs> there also not socializing. You have a little break from this hectic world of socializing. So I have to check it out. That's great. Well, I know we have Cafe on YouTube because we can we work together with Cafe on Submergency. That's we true. Absolutely. Right. We've got six shows online on, on YouTube. That's right. And, you know, this – Going with that too, more of this. We've got to do more kind of combo pr productions, more combined art Actually, with this I digital could, media. I've got those tilted frame movies. We I should upload put, yes. those to YouTube if you want. You know what? I st I got this new laptop. I was going to do it. I was going to put Larange on it, and Excellent. I my my compute my laptop won't talk to my. So yeah, we should put those up. We Excellent. should definitely put that one up. That was for those listening. Um, Christopher DeYoung and um, myself and Matt Quinn were all working on a short film project during the early days of Tilted Frame. Yeah, our first our, film. Our first film. And uh, our very first show was called Taste Like Random. And our logo was an orange, and that orange figured prominently in this film and bounced off my head at one point. Yes. I would love it if you would put that up on YouTube. And it ends up rolling to Matt Quinn's feet at the door <laughs> of the theater. Yes. I, nice. That, that, wow. And he picks it up. I think he picks it up and he walks inside and we do sort of an old school, you know, fade out on him as he walks into the theater. Good times. Good times. I've actually forgotten that actually I was actually involved with that particular project because Heather O'Brien and Trish Tillman were doing the editing and they didn't have a computer for it. So they were all at my house <laughs> <laughs> on my iMac for like three or four days. I would like go away for the evening, come back for There would still be there like editing stuff on my computer. So I was involved with you, Tilted I, Frame I, from I, the very I, beginning. Dan, you've always been there from the it's early days of Cafe. It's all The, the truth now, is out. Matthew, you have done... Um, the things you've done. But no, I wanted to talk about some of the other shows you've produced. You um, have brought Sandaland Diaries to the Bay Area. Two years running now. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, it's, yeah, Sandaland Diaries. Uh, and this year we're expanding it. We're going to do uh, David Sedaris's uh, Season's Greetings. Nice. And Sedaris is just huge in San Francisco. And I actually have to give really credit where credit's due for really discovering this piece. Uh, Steinbeck Presents has been doing it as a tradition for about four years prior to our involvement. And again, kind of with this L.A. SF theme, he, they had moved down to L.A., and I knew that, and I knew the show was not going to be done here. So I contacted him and said, hey, we're interested. How would you like to get involved? I'll produce it up here, and we'll get you up here to do a run. And so we, in some ways, a lot of these things we had been doing we brought bringing shows up uh but he came up and did it for two weeks and then we brought another an actor who's worked with cafe in several productions and actually acted with dan too a uh, wonderful actor david sinaiko mm -hmm. um who is works mostly with cutting ball but does a lot of bunch of other stuff and is just a tremendous actor and he came up and kind of created his own take on the piece and both of them have been running it uh this is now going to be our third year and uh although it's not officially announced we are we are negotiating uh to a larger space this year so Very we're exciting. looking for that expansion and in fact with this other space we're talking about some uh room for improv and we did some with submergency with a uh, cassandra call production uh kind of a, a co-production with utilizing the space during the holiday time maximizing your entertainment pleasure uh, You're yeah. always about working at all the bright and smart ways, Matt Quinn. I've always admired that about you. And you um, also are the creator of a new festival in San Francisco. Last year was the first year. I'm talking about your San Francisco Solo Fest. Solo Fest. SFSF. 
When is we can we? Bleh, this is from a woman who talks for a living. When can we uh, expect to see that up? We are we announced the kind of primary get the solo festers going. Um, <laughs> That's that funny. Yeah. Wow, solo festers. Wow. Fester alone, um, not in groups. <laughs> Gomez, I'm in love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to do it in August. We're going to expand the shows. Um, there was a wonderful, uh, just a wonderful reaction and feeling and good vibes from the solo community and, uh, with the first show, uh, first festival. And we're hoping for more people. And we're going to add with our little Los Angeles news, we're going to add a couple of the top solo groups will be brought down to Los Angeles to perform there and again trying to utilize both spaces which I think will make it a little attractive and, and again then back to that railroad back choo 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 <laughs> and that also we'd get some of the um, LA solo there's actually a large solo uh, development down there as well have that come up here now you um, started out as an actor and I assume you trained in directing as well, and then you became a producer, and you've been supporting other artists for a long time in the Bay Area, providing tremendous opportunity for a lot of people. But I understand you are working on a project to take you back to the boards. Back, it's time, yeah, because it drags you in. (laughs) All of us in the room, too. Funny. I've all done the producing and acting and trying to find that healthy balance. Uh, some more healthier than others. I've definitely been dragged into, uh, with the spaces and the work, into the heavier producing business side of it. And so I am now uh, utilizing all these wonderful opportunities around me for myself. And with the Solo Fest, which ha- offers an element of development for groups, for solo artists who just want have a small piece to work on, such as myself, uh, to work their piece. That I'm working on a solo piece, actually, with... Uh, the wonderful actor Diana Brown, <laughs> <laughs> and we are working on the process together with both of us, hopefully to bring two 20-minute pieces for the hour slot of the solo festival. So, yeah, I'm trying to keep it alive. Although, and you know this because we had a rehearsal today that I had to cancel. <laughs> um, I've got two shows producing, and it's really tough. And it's it, you beat. I mean, and you guys know you beat. You got life. You've got all this stuff, and I'm moving my family to Los Angeles, and. Uh, but you got to keep that alive. You got to keep doing it. So I'm very and although all these things, developing projects, really unleashes a wonderful creative energy. I'm I'm very excited about getting down and dirty with a solo piece on stage. So it's exciting. I'm, I uh, mentioned on another show. I'm not a writer, so I don't have a lot of ego around writing. But it's really been exciting to get things down on paper, and you've been a great motivator for that. Oh, and so. back at you. Thank, Thank you. It's been you. great working with you there. Just a big love fest, but yeah, it'll be my first time uh, putting up a solo piece. And we were talking with Michael Rice earlier, and he had developed a, a solo piece. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he's talking about the next one he wants to do. He mentioned that he wants to find a known character in history. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I I think that's a really bright idea. Mm-hmm. Your piece actually picks up on a, a little bit on a known character, several known characters in history, and uses that as a bit of a through line. Do you want to share that, or are we yeah, going to have hey, to no, wait till I mean, August? No, secret. Let's get the buzz out. First word out. Um, yes, I for a character that I've been exploring for a long time, of course, is one of those pieces I've been carrying with me and just have never put down. Um, I've been very fascinated with the character Johnny Appleseed as kind of that traveler character and soul person. And uh, there's, you know, the interesting stories. I, everybody has a sense of him and kind of has heard of him. And then reading more about him... Uh, 
and, and kind of over the years gathering things, it's, it's just been kind of a wonderful story I've enjoyed learning about and, and hearing. And there's been a lot of elements of it uh, that I found in, in other things that I'm kind of bringing to the table with it, as you know. Um, <laughs> so I do, it's, it's, it's about that. It's about um, kind of some of his beliefs and thoughts. And I'm, I'm not, I'm trying to avoid it being... I agree with Michael. I like the historical character too, because you kind of are. Uh, uh, well, I, it I, allows I, you to pull from a lot of. Yeah, no. I don't even. Yeah, <laughs> we can edit this part. Right? <laughs> this is, you can cut like right when I start pontificating <laughs> about any of that. Okay, good. Um, solo. So. Uh, well, I think <laughs> it's so leaving that in. Incredibly, <laughs> we're so leaving that in. <laughs> Because the laugh that you're giving us right now yeah. is as charming as what you just shared. Yeah. And the fact that you have, as I mentioned before, given so many other people an opportunity to get on stage and that you're getting yourself back up there, I think is very inspiring. We, Especially if you're an actor, you, you do get away from it. You start producing. You start looking at the larger picture. Mm-hmm. But I think it's terrific that you're going to be back on stage. And it also reminds you of what the actors are going through. <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It keeps you there because you get lost in it. And I think... That's something with all of us have been doing this for a while. And sure. as you grow and all that, and we're all like, Michael Rice was just congratulating downstairs as he was going out too. I think we're, it's good for us all. It's good for us all to keep aware of it. And I think we are, we're all like talk. We, it, it's, it's been a wonderful process, just all of us growing and developing in, in the city. And that's something that I don't ever want to leave when I go down to Los Angeles. I hope to develop shows here and keep that connection because it really has been phenomenal to do all these things uh, with all these people in this very supportive environment and you feel that. san francisco is really such a good place to to have that opportunity to develop new work yeah it's diversity and it's open to ideas it's people down in los angeles talk about you know the industry kind of bearing down on them and that they're trying to p- play to the least common denominator you know to the midwest uh, housewife um that they've kind of got to fit it into that and here we have a certain creative artistic freedom and supportive and everything's good and you know that has it you you know, that sometimes can get too, like talking about solo works, can get a little too <laughs> self, you know. Sure. Artsy, crafty, sure. or, or wishy-washy, or all that. But uh, so I, I, again, hoping that between the both of them, we can, there's this one quick s- story. Uh, when I went down to L.A., we met, I went with uh, associate Chris Hayes, and uh, we went to Maverick Productions, Madonna's company, although she no longer owned it. And we went in there. We were talking about all of our great I- tilted frame and these brilliant ideas and the video and all this. And it was these two producers who were about 24 years old. <laughs> and they're like, you know, that's great. That, that just sounds wonderful. I mean, you guys are definitely, there's art. You guys are like art with a capital A. <laughs> but us in Los Angeles, we're trying to play it for the, you know, we're a lowercase a. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's and they kind of ex- that's okay. I mean, that's what it is. So here, I think it does. You don't have that pressure of trying to fit to that. You can be free and, and play. And I think playwrights and all that have a tremendous freedom. There has its limitations and problems here too. Sure. I think money is becoming more of an issue for companies, and the cost here is really tough to keep up. Um, whereas I'm finding in Los Angeles, it's such the business. There's just a lot of money for entertainment down there. Right. So it's a difference. So I'm hoping some of that could come up here because they really do love it. You love it up here. They love coming up here, and I think they would hopefully want to come up and do shows with you guys and 
Get some superstars up here. Yeah. Matthew Quinn, you are the ambassador to both sides of the A. Bringing it together. And I'll, I'll nail the big spike the in captain the captain of the two-way boat. The t- <laughs> <laughs> nice. It has nice. been more than a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes, Please uh, hip our listeners to the URL where they can learn more about what's going on both in L.A. and in San Francisco. Absolutely. Go check out www.cafearts.com. And uh, keep information, also www.offmarkettheater.com. And soon, www.theaterasylum.com. We will all be seeking sanctuary in your asylum. Sanctuary! Sanctuary! (laughs) 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 Thank you so much for joining us on this highly self-indulgent, and I mean that on my side of things, uh, episode of, of course, the studio interviews. We are in San Francisco. We are. Well, when we get down to L.A., no more (laughs) with the big A. All business. All business. I digress, and we are so glad you're listening in. Matthew Quinn, thank you for joining us. Thanks to my guest co-host, Christopher DeYoung, and as always, to Dan Wilson, making it all come true. Thanks for listening.